I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome to the Framestore podcast, a learning and development focused podcast made by Framestore for Framestore. Each week, we present a conversation in two halves. Part one, the Framestore podcast dailies. Each week, we invite a guest to our regular daily session, set questions designed to find out what makes our guests tick, what they do at Framestore, their career journey so far, and all manner of advice, tips, and tricks. For our second portion, arriving later in the week, we hand the reins over to a guest co-host, a member of the Framestore community, who stands to learn a lot from the experience, who engages our guest into a deeper dive conversation, arguably a more technical discussion, depending on who we have on the pod. This week's special guest, is Daniel Mizaguchi, Head of Animation at our Vancouver studio. Our co-host is Michelle Ava Clavette, lead runner at Framestore Montreal and aspiring animator. This is another great conversation that I'm not going to give away here, but let me tell you, it's another great chat exploring the importance of collaboration, life at Framestore, a glimpse onto the hood of running an animation team and some super fun movie chat. So that's it from me. We very much hope you enjoy episode two, part one of the Framestore podcast. Hello and welcome to the Framestore podcast, episode two, part one. Each week, we invite both a guest from our Framestore community and a co-host with a keen interest in our guest's craft, work or career path. And we let the magic happen. We split each episode in two parts across the week. On today's episode, I warm them up by inviting our guest to the Framestore podcast daily session, our 13 question grilling, followed by Thursday's second part, where our co-host leads a deeper dive into why we invited them on the pod in the first place. This week's special guest is Danu Mizuguchi, Head of Animation at our Vancouver studio. With almost 30 years in the industry, Daniel, who started out as an illustrator in the early 90s, has gone on to work in a number of animation-related roles that led to a long-standing position as animation supervisor at Mr. X, then across senior animator roles at Method, including Animation Soup and Head of Department, now firmly established as Head of Animation, Framestore Vancouver. And joining us for this week's episode is our co-host, Michelle Ava Clavette, a graduate of the University of Quebec, an aspiring animator, member of our global mentee community, and currently lead runner at our Montreal studio. Please welcome Daniel and Michelle Ava. How are you both? I did that in one take. That never happens. This is a miracle. Excellent. Excellent. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Simon. It's very nice. Yeah. 30 years. That sounds horribly long. 30 years. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. Well, when I was doing my research, and I exclusively only do my, lazily do my research on LinkedIn and maybe a little bit of IMDb, um, we share a love for illustration because I started as a free, I yes. studied illustration in 93, and uh, I specialized in illustrator in 97, and I lasted about a year and then <laughs> fell into a HR role. And then years later, here I am talking to you both. Um, nice. But it's nice to speak to a fellow, a fellow former illustrator yeah, and now no. doing great, great things. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I originally actually studied um, fine arts as a painter, but then, you know, yeah, but then realized you actually have to make a living. So got into illustration and, and you know, illustration led to animation and then animation, you know, led to CG animation. So it's great. 
it's quite the it's quite the 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 profile and and you've got some serious show credits under your belt daniel as well i saw yeah no it's yeah opportunities were there so you know just seize the day (laughs) brilliant and and michelle ava thank you so much for uh stepping up to be our co-host today Oh, thank you. It's pretty an honor. Seriously, it's more like uh, I talk with like a big head of animation, and I am like a newbie, so it's uh, <laughs> it's super impressive. Seriously. <laughs> well, this is this is the benefit to those anybody listening. This is the benefit of our global mentoring program because the only reason we have Michelle Ava on this podcast episode is because I was looking for aspiring animators, and we have a number of aspiring animators already connected to mentors globally. Um, and I just went through the list. And I, picked, I plucked you out, Michelle, over, and here you are talking to, to Daniel. So uh, if, if there was ever a selling point to our mentoring program is, um, is to get involved, right? Mm-hmm. But I have like, if it's okay for you, Daniel, I like for like the question in more with your, like, for, uh, your life in the animation. It's uh, like um, when you do the animation, uh, what you like at what you prefer, like in mocap, realistic or cartoon? Now I know you're in the frame store and frame store is more like realistic animation. But um, did you start with, um, you say what uh, what you start, but uh, did you start with like mocap or mo- uh, more like 2D animation or? No, no, actually it was at a tiny little studio uh, called yeah. Caliber, but it was more, it was visual effects animation. So oh, more realistic and motion capture didn't come till much, much later, you know, and again, kind of, you kind of regard motion capture as more of a tool to aid the animation. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, what actually got me, you know, inspired to do that was, you know, 2d animation. So it was the <laughs> cartoony actually in particular, it was like Looney Tunes. So it oh, was, nice. yeah, the Warner brothers, Looney Tunes, like cartoony animation that kind of inspired me to, to get in the animation in the first place. But in terms of, yeah, first professional job, it was realistic visual effects. Oh, what you prefer is the realistic or nothing? Um, you know, I, I still, I still love both, obviously, you know, particularly in visual effects animation, you know, where it's more realistic, but I still watch a lot of, you know, like, especially the classics 2d animation too. I think one informs the other both ways, you know? Um, no, it's exactly what I want. It's uh, cool to know, but, uh, it's, um, when you say realistic, what you like is more like the expression or more like um, more like the movement, the mechanic movement, or uh, what you like in the real- realistic animation. Mm, all of the above. Oh. You know, I, I know that sounds like a cop out, but it really <laughs> is because as you're working, you know, you could we work on sometimes projects with performance and acting, but then mm-hmm. you learn things from that that would take you to like I guess another project that might have more body mechanics or action sequences, and that kind of informs you know like another project that might have creature. You learn from everything and you kind of you know you gain those tools and the experience as you go so yeah it's like it's very easy to sometimes get pigeonholed as well but you know obviously you need to you need to spend time on it to gain the experience but the more you can get across all different types of animation projects the better oh so nice yeah Uh, what it's more like more difficult it's more like for the expression or it's more like like let's say it's uh, what you think it's for your experience and what is more difficult in the animation 
like in it's more like the movement or it's more like the expression i find i find whatever we're working on is the most difficult <laughs> it's <laughs> it, 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 yeah you honestly it's you know just because let's say you've worked on a creature show before and mm. you haven't solved it all every project is is different you know the filmmakers and the artists you're working with and the teams you're working with it's different so yeah there's no one easier or harder you know? okay yeah great questions michelle Ava, and uh, we're going to unleash though more of those questions as we as we get into episode two <laughs> which uh, sounds like daniel you're in for uh, quite the grilling i know we use the term grilling I'm gonna, yeah, you get, go easy on me. <laughs> so Daniel, I mean, we, we normally have a little bit more chit chat on the podcast, but I think we should get into the dailies. Uh, what do you think? Are you, are you prepared? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So cue dramatic sound effect. first question of the Framestore podcast dailies, which we call who, where, what, who are you, where are you, and what are you working on, if you can talk about it. Okay, yeah. I'm Daniel Mizuguchi. I am the head of animation for our Framestore studio in sunny Vancouver. You know, I guess for those of you who know Vancouver, I say sunny Vancouver ironically, and I work with all our animation teams across all the animation shows that we're working on in our Vancouver studio. And yeah, I, I don't think I can actually talk specifics about the projects. I never know, you know, if I start naming the projects, I'm, you know, worried that helicopters might show up outside my window, but I guess I, I can, there'll be a red dot on my head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> laser. But, um, the main focus is to make sure that, you know, our animation teams are supported so they have what they need to you know deliver the work but not just deliver the work you know deliver it at you know at the bar of excellence that's you know expected from coming from framestar and we work also with our you know with our studios in montreal and london we actually we're working on a project right now with uh, our, our london team and uh, yeah we just finished up uh having some of the montreal team help you know us in vancouver so we're truly a global company so. yeah how are you finding that collaboration between Excellent. different sites incredible it really is because you know each studio has different peaks and valleys in terms of schedule so you know it, we often find if we have some excess capacity or excess team on our side there's bound to be somebody on the other at the other sites that might need help and vice versa so it really it really does help. And we, of course access to talent across the world now it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, we talked a lot about the pre, obviously pre-globalization, not say globalization of Framestore, but pre the blow up of all the different kind of studios. Um, historically, it would have been quite limited, I imagine, in terms of who you had to work with. And now all of a sudden we've got so used to this kind of, you know, what we call like the, the globally distributed workforce. Yes. I mean, literally yeah. having hopefully the pick of the talent to work on, on your shows. No, it, it, it is great. It's crazy. It, it is great. So what was the last show you, you can talk about? What was the last show that is out there in the public domain that you already have a credit on that you can uh, proudly say you played a part in? Uh, just last Friday, the Guardian's Christmas special was out. And of course. Uh, that, that was great because, you know, we collaborated with the London team, but also that was our very first project on the Framestore pipeline. And it, it went, um, I thought it went extremely well. So, yeah. 
Well, having uh, enjoyed it over the weekend, it uh, is a testament to, to the work we do. I thought it yeah. was incredible. Yeah, and, it, and it's hilarious. I, I, it's <laughs> funny. You can't, you can't go wrong with Kevin Bacon. I was just going to say Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Sum up the episode in two words, or the special in two words, Kevin Bacon. It was inspired, inspired work. Did you see it, Michelle Ever? Did you check it out? Yes, I see it. That's good, isn't it? I know. Yeah, how many times? (laughs) Beautifully, beautifully made. Well, thank you for sharing that and and dodging the question a little bit, because again, we can't talk about the NDA stuff, or we'd we'd all be in lots of trouble on this podcast. So uh, thank you for keeping us out of said trouble. So how long have you been in post, uh, Daniel? How long have you been head of um, studio in the Vancouver? uh, Vancouver, uh, for a frame store. So, you know, we were previously, or, you know, me and our team was previously at a studio called Method, Method Studios. And then we joined the frame store team uh, at the beginning of the year. So I've been mm-hmm. in head of animation at Framestore, you know, since uh, the beginning of 2022. But uh, before that, yeah, I was at Method for 11 years. I'm, I'm definitely one of the OGs. And oh, I was, wow. yeah, but and I was head of animation there for about, I want to say, six years of that. So yeah, I saw that on your saw that on your LinkedIn profile. Of course, where else do I go? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was uh, as I said at the start. I mean, the uh, the list of, of shows that are on your your profile. I mean, uh, yeah, the who's who of Marvel, um, even a Die Hard movie thrown in there. Yeah. Good cl- classic John McClane action. Night at the Museum, uh, The Maze Runner, Twilight Saga. I mean, it is the it is literally the history of cinema in many ways on your on your LinkedIn profile. It's super impressive. Um, and how have you found the transition from Method over to Framestore in this last year? Uh, surprisingly great. I say surprisingly because, you know, whenever you're, you know, merging two companies, especially as the size of, uh, you know, Company 3 and Method and Framestore, there, there's bound to be bumps along the road. And it wasn't easy for sure. But, you know, on the animation teams, I have to say definitely shout out to the teams in Montreal and London. They've just been so supportive. So, you know, whenever we had a question, you know, I'm sure they were sick of, especially me, constantly harassing them. You know, where do you find this? Who do I talk to? How do we... But they would always, you know, make the time and, so, you know, all that they would say, hey, do you want to just hop on a call? You know, I can show you or we can talk it out. And, you know, this is on top of those teams, you know, having to deliver their own shows. Yeah. So it's it's been really great. The support has been incredible. So I just, I can't say enough great things about uh, uh, the Framestore team, really. Yeah, I mean, it is yeah. a true community, isn't it? One thing I've learned, I've only been with Framestore since January this year. And uh, yes, yeah, they're very much struck by the sense of community, whether it be the, the global collaboration on shows, whatever part of the business you work in, yeah. or just the people. I mean, the, uh, the, the even in my line of work, the appetite for the mentoring program, for example, has been huge. Like there's people that so connected i mean michelle over you're part of the program and uh, i know you're, you're still connected to your mentor and it's not something that loses traction it's something that people really commit to people get busy on shows and take a break yeah. because that's the nature of the beast but it's uh we're super lucky culturally i think so i'm gonna lean into the next question which is uh we're getting into we're going back in time a little bit now uh daniel which is how did you get your break in this industry what would you consider to be that pivotal moment which you would call your big break uh you know it's uh it's people it's always it's always the people i was very very lucky so when i was going to school and i was like um you know learning learning maya and soft homage soft homage was a thing back then and uh, visual effects uh 
our animation instructor instructor was actually a 2D animator. He actually didn't know 3D at all, but he was, you know, teaching us the, the principles of animation. And he was, you know, he was only a part-time instructor. So he happened to work at uh, one of the local visual effects studios. So, you know, I guess he saw something in my work and he asked me, hey, do you mind if I, you know, show our studio head your reel? And I met the studio head there and this was about, I want to say, three quarters of the way through our last semester, and he offered me a job. So I had a job lined up, you know, before I finished school. So again, it was very, you know, fortunate, you know, right time, right place. And they happened to be looking for somebody, and yeah, I just, you know, went from there. Yeah, they do say timing is everything, don't they? It's almost it a is, balance isn't it? of yeah. yeah. I think it's almost timing. Being being a decent person sometimes plays a part, and having a really strong portfolio or these examples of work you don't have to be the finished product but you've got that potential is that fair to say it's almost like three portions wow that is a that's a great story and, and uh, yeah a, a pivotal pivotal moment for sure um so moving on to present day um what i mean this is the, this is probably the corniest question on the podcast which is what's the best thing about being part of frame store um it is the frame store podcast so we've got to we've got to we've got to ask the question yeah of course, of course. But, uh, you know, especially for me being in animation, um, Framestore is known for being an animation studio. And, it, you know, I have to, again, give props to Michael Eames, our global head of animation, because it comes from the top down, you know. And he's such a huge part of why, you know, Framestore animation is just so highly respected in the animation community. So um, it's really easy sometimes to, you know, lose sight of the work, you know, and focusing on deadlines and the day-to-day productions. But at the end of the day, it's, does it look good? Does it hit that frame store bar of quality? It, it's honestly, it's about working with people who are quite literally among, you know, the best in the world in animation. So it's being just being part of an elite team, really. So it is a, it, I find it is a leveler I find sometimes you it, to it your is. point you get caught up with deadlines day to day the work I mean speaking for all of us on this this podcast today yep. and then you'll watch we just talked about watching the Guardian's Christmas special or you'll catch a, I mean I'm watching Sandman at the moment I know we played a big part in that and I always stay for as we all do always stay for the credits and when you just see people's names and somebody you might have had a meeting with or a conversation with or a coffee with and the, the standard of work is insane and it's amazing you know, it makes it gives you definitely a, a sense of pride and and the fact that we are the work we're doing. I mean, I talk about this a lot on these kind of conversations. Is we, we're feeding culture. You know, these are big part of cinema, which will be around forever. You know, you, and being part of that is is huge. You know, so it, it really is, speaks yeah. to me what you just said. It's yeah. very impressive. It is. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just about the work. You know, somebody's watching it at home or in a theater. That's all that matters in the end. So weird sensation you yeah. wish that oh my god <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so speaking of the work my next question in the uh, the dailies is um and again this is quite an unfair question so i apologize in advance it's if you could recommend one show that showcases frame store at its best oh, yeah. what would it be what would be the one you'd wheel out to a, an alien oh, or, yeah or I, I, I have to list a few like there's okay. it's too hard to right. <laughs> can i list a few do we have time? yes like there a are, couple maybe you can break the rules maybe. daniel it's okay, okay. Thank, That's you. thank you um to pick maybe one of the past shows i would have to say um gravity 
you know, that was just because it was so groundbreaking on so many levels and Framestore eventually, you know, won the Academy Award for visual effects for that one. But just it was groundbreaking in so many ways for like they, you know, pioneered. I, I wasn't part of Framestore, you know, at that point, but, you know, they pioneered virtual production. Right now, virtual production's a buzzword, but they were doing that on that show over 10 years ago. And that, and also, I remember still watching the theater. Uh, that was one of the only shows, I think. So, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the end row, speaking of credits, the end row credits, that was the first time, and I think, I don't think it's been done since, where the visual effects credits in the crew was listed at the top before the actors. Yeah, of course. And I remember seeing that Ooh. going, oh, like, and it was um, incredible because Alfonso Cuaron, the director, he he realized, no, we need to put the, the visual effects team at the top because they're oh. essentially, there was essentially almost, you know, an animated feature. You had the actors' faces, everything <laughs> okay. else was CG. And, you know, just, I don't think it's been done since. You know what, it's such a shame that doesn't happen as well because particularly yeah. now, that you know, everything we watch now, particularly kind of like the super popular high-end stuff, I mean, it's they're, they're all showcases for incredible visual effects, whether it's Framestore yeah. or any of our competitors. And we're always down in the annals of the the credits and not necessarily forgotten, but if you know, if you go to see a show and you don't work in the industry, unless yeah. you're hanging around for a Marvel and exactly, you know, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. Our credits it's are, you know, after after you know craft services and but uh, yeah it was i i just couldn't believe it just watching the credits come up and it's like oh wow that's awesome yeah. you know i shamefully didn't know that yeah. that's that's incredible <laughs> that's such a good story yeah you know i mean i find having these conversations i mean i personally feel so privileged to be able to have this conversation because this is stuff that these nuggets are, are gold. Like I, um, you know, I'm going to be dropping that in conversation. I shouldn't say this on this podcast because people listen to it. Think, <laughs> you can edit it. You can edit it. That didn't it. come naturally. I'll take yeah. that out and keep it for myself. Yeah, that's right. So what is a, a next question? So okay, they're still going. Uh, question six is uh, one of my favorite questions, which is uh, what is a common myth about your job, role, or field of expertise? So what do people oh, often get wrong? Like this it's a good one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. What's, what's, I, th I think for people who aren't familiar with it all, I think they feel like, you know, animation, oh, it's, you know, you know, it's, it's easy. It's, it's playtime and <laughs> it, it's just animation, right? But um, I think most don't know it animation it's like a it's a it's a craft like any other discipline discipline you know it just it takes years just to gain a moderate you know moderate proficiency in it and um you know i think it's i think it's like anything in a creative field it, it's 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 going to sound a little pretentious but it's it's got to be a bit of a calling you know you have to get kind of pulled into it i think you know to to be i think to to do well and be successful you have to be a little obsessive about it you know <laughs> I, I i i found the people i've worked with and you know that that have continued to go on and get success and people on my team you know that's they 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 think about it they practice it in their off hours it just doesn't it's not like a nine to five job you just don't turn it off so you know at, yeah you, you can't turn it off it's not, it's like you don't have a choice so I think yeah I think that's that's one of the things I think what's the, the other myth I think I find it it's a funny thing whenever somebody finds out uh that you know that I'm in animation the first thing I ask is first thing I ask is oh yeah so you guys use photoshop you know, I, oh, wow. so I, I don't know why it's just, um, 
And I always answer, yeah, I guess we do sometimes. I don't, I think maybe people are familiar with Photoshop and they think it's creative. So it's all they've know. got. Yeah. That's all they've got. <laughs> you know, so. For my experience is true. Yeah. See, you know, that's something I learned early on when I used to work for the mill, which is my, my first kind of role in, in, in the visual effects industry. And it's the first time we talked about a department or role as craft and discipline. It's something I learned really early on because I hate even in this, when I catch myself talking about departments, it just doesn't it devalues, I think, what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the term craft and discipline really lend a, a gravitas and a, you know, cause it is a, it isn't just yeah. a, you clock in and you clock out and you, yeah. you work, you work the magic and then you go home and yeah. it is really a calling as you rightly say, Daniel, I think yeah. it's uh, that's really resonating with me. Definitely. So our next question is uh, lessons learned. What's the most important lesson you've learned over your career, your long career? I would have to say, I'd have to say how to work uh, within a team. I think that's, that's the one thing, because I think a lot of us, you know, animators or artists, anybody in the creative field, you know, we tend, people tend to kind of gravitate towards that, you know, because we tend to be a little bit more introspective, you know, we just want to, just want to put our headphones on and do the work. But, you know, as you kind of, as I've learned, it's especially with something like film, it is such a collaborative effort and being able to work with the team, but just also, again, one of the other big things I learned is just feedback, just like, Hey, what do you think? You know, take a look. And you just, you know, and it's also being able to filter what helps, but just getting different perspectives and Mm -hmm. then also seeing, how animation, you know, works as a whole on the project in terms of storytelling, you know, where, you know, animation is like, like the other teams, I was going to say departments, but uh, I'm going to stay away from that. But the, the other, the other teams, like we're, you're, you know, we're one instrument in the orchestra. So it's how to like, how to work within a team with the other teams and how to essentially tell, Mm. tell a great story. So I think that's, that's the biggest one for me. That's a great point. And uh, that's something I've been really aware of over the years is, you know, having worked with lots of artists and producers and people across various pipelines in, in my career is the nature of a typical artist is quite introverted. Is that right? Right to say, like, you know, working on the box, you're there, you've got your headphones in, you're listening to the Framestore podcast or any other podcast <laughs> available, yeah. but you are in the zone. Yeah. And then you look at the, as you said, the credits of any show and it is people, people, yeah. endless names. Yeah. And those two worlds working together, I just find fascinating. And not that introverts don't like working with people, because I, I class myself as an introvert. Um, and, you know, something that I've had to work on massively over the years in terms of getting out of comfort zone. But it's just a really interesting observation that you, you, you make. No, definitely. Definitely. I think that was that was the key thing. And just knowing that working within the within a team, it just makes you better. It, it yeah, really does. And feedback just sharpens your tool set, doesn't it? It's not like, you know, I have this thing where I run workshops around feedback where people crave feedback because you can't just, nothing worse than presenting your work and people go, brilliant, well done, good job. Nobody gives you any constructive feedback. So we crave it, but we kind of don't like it at the same time. Nobody likes to have their kind of baby kind of ripped to shreds, not actual babies, but, you know, more creative babies. Um, so yeah, again, it's, uh, something we need to get better at and it's something that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm nearly 50 years old and I've been working on kind of working, dealing with feedback and sharpening my tool set. It's not as easy as it sounds. Um, I don't know whether you agree. It's definitely a skill set. Yeah. 
no, it, 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 it definitely makes it better. You know, we, we call it going shot blind. You know, you, you, if you're looking and working on a shot, you know, for hours or for the whole day, you, you just stop seeing it and you know, yeah. just try to hop on, you know, hey, hey, do you mind taking a look? What do you think? And 99 times out of 100, they'll point out something that you didn't even see. You know, you're, you're focusing all your energy on, okay, you know what? I don't think this part of the screen doesn't work. And what they'll point out is this pose or this corner of the frame that you weren't even looking at and it's like oh okay so you know yeah. it just it just helps direct where you should be looking at Gosh, i've never come across shop line that's brilliant it's kind of when i yeah. write a very long email and then i send it and there's about a thousand spelling errors in it exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's right. i wish i got it proofread because yeah. um, you do that's really interesting and, and moving into uh daniel kind of again going back in time um mm-hmm. again another Another favorite question here is about, we've talked about mentoring already mm-hmm. in the global mm-hmm. mentoring program, but who has been your most important professional mentor? You know, I've been, I've been asked this question before and I can never, it's pretty much, it's like everyone I've worked with, but not just in animation, you know, like, uh, you know, outside of animation, you know, supervisors, people from other teams, you know, people from production, like everybody, you know, like, like just, you just learn something new you learn from everybody honestly and you know and of course my parents you know i've learned i've learned in, uh mainly the big thing from them is work ethic work at you know my you know my mother is she's 82 and she can still outwork anybody including me you know she just <laughs> she's she's a machine wow what's so, her secret yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't, I think just keeping active and just having a lot of interests, like me me and my wife joke that, you know, it's almost impossible to get a hold of my mother because she's never home. She's <laughs> always out. She's got her group. She's like, yeah, she's always doing something. Amazing. Well, we'll have to get her on the podcast next. Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> there you sounds go. fascinating. Yeah, you'd have to schedule it in. I don't know if she'd be able I'm to make sure. time. I don't <laughs> well, you know, we've got a weekly release cadence going on, okay, so I'll book her go. in for like April, go. May if next you year. book her six months ahead, I think we'd be able to have a chance. So. Excellent. We'll have a nice call back to this episode. It's all good. Okay. This all there works. Um, so another, another. I love all these questions. Every time I ask mm-hmm. these questions, like, this is my favorite question, mm-hmm. which is... Um, underrated tools so what underrated tool or tools are indispensable for you to do your your work Daniel for me this one's I knew Michelle Abel would like this one but but, you know it doesn't have to be a frame store animation tool does it no not necessarily no 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 definitely it's such a simple thing I don't know it's it's a it's a reminder app I have on my phone it's called alarmed and honestly I would miss you know I would miss everything unless I didn't have it because often you know again with animation or whatever we're working at the time you know you have your headphones on you're just completely focused and it's so easy to like oh wow you know an hour went by but uh, this thing uh, you know it'll remind me hey you got this but what I love about it it has something called relentless mode so you can snooze it but you can set it to keep reminding you every 60 seconds so especially if you have to get to a meeting or something somebody tapping you on your shoulder yeah, exactly. It's such a simple thing, but honestly, I don't know what I did without it. Before. What's it called? Alarmed. Alarmed. It's like a very, very. I don't even know if it's on the store because I, I downloaded this like, like I want to say like five years so ago. So it's like a special application. It's or just an app. It's just a simple app on your phone, and okay. you know, it's, it's just it's great. It's really great. I'm sure there's things that, you know, I'm sure there's like, you know, calendar or reminder apps that are out there that 
do the same thing, but it's it's the relentless mode that just kind of sold me on it. I need relentless mode in my yeah. life. I think this is a, I have the standard reminder app on my iPhone. Other yeah. phones are available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's rubbish. It just pops up. Yeah, it's very just gentle. Kept, yeah. It's very polite. It's very polite. I just, you know, and that's what I was doing with the other ones. I would snooze it. I was just like, just, and then next thing you know, like half an hour goes by. This just, it just keeps going. So. Get lost. Get yep. lost in, in the work. <laughs> I completely hear that. I'm, I'm on that. I'm going to be downloading that. Thank you. That's another yep. reason for me hosting these podcasts. I get lots of great advice. <laughs> So speaking of advice, um, what is, and again, this is another killer question, which is what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in your field? Because we occasionally get non-frame store people listening in yep. on this podcast, yep. but also frame storians who also work in the way up, including Michelle Ebert, who's on the, <laughs> yeah. on, the on the pod. So yeah, hit us with some advice. The big one, golden nugget. Yeah, golden nugget. Um, one of, uh, well, I usually say uh, there's three things that you need to do. Uh, is um i will wind that yeah that's right so there's three things you need to do you need to animate animate and animate that's what you need <laughs> to do. and then when you're done that you need to animate some more honestly it's it's volume practice. you just practice practice i think it's got when i was going to when i was uh you know studying painting and drawing at school like there was that saying that everybody's got ten thousand bad drawings in them and you just have to you just have to get them out and i think that kind of you know, there's that other rule, that 10,000 hour rule that you often hear that you need the 10,000 hours to hit expert practice. You know, I, it's, you know, it's likely not exactly 10,000, but it just kind of gives you an idea of how much work you need to do. You just, all you're doing is you're training your eye to see certain things. You can't see it when you first start. It's just doing okay. it over and over and over. Yeah. Oh. I, I think it's like, you know, and, you know, when I was starting my career too, I was looking for like that, you know, that simple hack, you know, the shortcuts and there's techniques that you can apply and there are certain rules, but nothing beats its practice. This is the first time I understand that, but it's not like the, I remember the, the professor always say that if, if you don't practice, you just lose the, all yeah. you, you learn in one year. So yes, I understand so much. <laughs> I was just saying, I hear a lot. Uh, I have a lot of. I've been in, with my work with Access VFX and Frame Store. We hear a lot of advice, and a lot of what you hear is just make something, create yeah. something. You know, yeah. practice, yeah. of course. Like I mean, your advice is incredible, but just make something. Create. Don't just kind of knock on doors and go, "Hey, I'm an animator," or "I'm a junior animator," or mid-level. Yeah. Just do the work. Create something. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an amazing spit and polish. It just yeah. needs to be piece of work just get just get it out there and i think actually going back to you know what we're talking about um going shot blind i think what helps is you know it's really hard to be objective about your own work so but everybody can always pick out things in somebody else's work so sometimes i've uh some advice i've found that helped that you know there's tons of animation reels and there's also tons of animation in movies that you've seen where you're like oh that doesn't quite look right so then look at that try to break down what you feel doesn't quite work and then go off on your own and try to make it better you know and that way you're kind of one step removed from critiquing your own work you know what i mean mm -hmm. just try to try to find okay why doesn't this work why does this feel off and then when and then what that starts doing is it kind of gets your brain into analysis mode and you're able to critique a lot easier as opposed to looking at your own work it's always easier to look at somebody else's work and then go off and do a version of it that you feel works better i like that it's like cleaning your palette before you approach your work 
Amazing. Okay, right. We're going to get into kind of the last few questions before I hand over to uh, to Michelle Ava to take us on a on a journey of uh, very focused animation questions. Yes. <laughs> um, so I've got this well, question eleven, which is uh, I've, again a little. You know what? I'm just going to say all my all the questions are awesome, and this question <laughs> is particularly awesome because okay. it's what's one question you wish I'd asked you, and how would you have answered? Oh, one question. One question was. Well, we're, you know, we work in film, you know, what's my favorite movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I love you know? that. God, why have I missed that? You know, every time I ask this question, because we're going to get to our final question, which actually I was inspired by Sergio on episode one, which mm. is now included in this episode. Mm. So favorite movie could be an extra question now. This is going to get yeah. very long by the time we get to episode 10, 11, yeah. 12. So yeah. what is your favorite movie then, Daniel? <laughs> um, I'd say there, there's... Uh, yeah, you know what? I just <laughs> I gave that question and I realized there's no one favorite. Uh, maybe off the top of my head, maybe I like classic horror. So the classic Ooh. horror, so like The Exorcist or The Shining. I think oh, those two, yeah, speaking yeah, language, cl classic ones. Um, a recent movie that I saw again that I thought was again it's horror. I guess you can call it horror. Is, uh, have you seen Get Out? Yes, I love Get oh, Out. Oh, Get yeah. Out. Oh, my yeah. God. So, like, I, I guess you can say, yeah, the theme here is, like, I'm a horror fan. So. You're a horror buff. Amazing. Yeah. See, this is why this podcast is so cool, because now I know you're into horror movies. Yeah. We need to talk. <laughs> yes. I've just watched, I watched Nope at the weekend, finally. Oh, really? I haven't seen it. Film. I haven't seen it. Insanely good. Okay. Yeah. Insanely good. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to give anything love, away. Love the, Can't yeah, do plot love spoilers, the director, but. Jordan Peele. Oh, The Shining. I used to have a VHS copy of The Shining that I had with me at university. So I had a collection of VHSs that, and an old VHS player, that's, very old. I established earlier. Yeah, that was uh, rinsed. Yeah. Oh. The classic. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Michelle? Over. I, I don't want to leave you out. What's your favorite movie? What's my favorite movie? Oh my god! Uh, Putting you on the spot. Um, the movie I really like it's the Spider-Man Into the Verse. Oh yeah. yeah. Ah, Spider-Verse. Uh, when when it's uh, it's not like my favorite like in my old town when I am tired, but when this movie um, opened in the theater and I see it, I'm just well, okay. Oh my yeah. god, what is that thing? Yeah. It's yeah. Um, yeah. animation is very nice, yeah. and I like Caroline. I oh, I really like the yeah, studio the stop motion. <laughs> Two and great, then, two great examples. Yeah, two preferred movies that one. Coraline's a wonderful movie. It's terrifying. I have a nine-year-old, and I still don't want to show him Coraline because it's terrifying <laughs> when they sew the buttons on their eyes. The first time I see that movie, I really like. I'm child, and I'm become, okay. I never want to see that. It's like too much. Scarring. But after, like, I I see it again, and I just fall in love with Coraline. The style, the history, the mantle is just crazy. Mm. It's so nice, and the the animation is like the stop motion. So I really, I uh, it's interesting to mix the mix like the weird of the stop motion mm. with the psychology, um, the horror like Caroline. So yes, it's probably for what I like that. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to Spider Verse. I mean, when I I saw that. Ground, you used to word, use the word groundbreaking, Daniel. Absolutely groundbreaking. You know, when you watch something, it's like I've not seen this before. This is a new thing I'm watching as a as a moviegoer. Totally, it was just totally. Like yeah. You walked out of the theater going, "Just I've seen something new." You, it's you, it's rare that you see you, that you say that. It's just yeah. It was. It's so rare you say like, yeah. "Oh wow, it's yeah. new," because yeah. movie we repeat. Mm. It's not like yeah. and you we repeat always our story or style, but that one is like just new. Oh yeah. 
I love that. And uh, Studio Laker, is it Studio Laker, isn't it, that did Coraline? Because they did Paranorman, which is a lovely callback to Daniel's Mm. horror leanings, because there's a lot of references there to Friday the 13th and um, Halloween and all those kind of great horror movies of yesteryear and current year, but not as good. (laughs) I love this. It's a great, we're going to go off a massive tangent. I'm going to have to do a heavy edit on this conversation. Hey, Simon, did you see, did you uh, say what's, your preferred movie oh that's a good one that's a good one my favorite movie oh it's like picking a favorite child <laughs> so i'm a massive horror buff i mean i i would almost mirror daniel with um the shining or, uh, because i love jack nicholson's early work but if i had to be real my favorite movie i watched really young my dad had a uh, illegal pirate video business in the uh, when i was a kid oh, wow. like you okay. know, he used to all the vhs's he did it you yeah. know he, he got in trouble with the law Back in the day. Um, Love it. Love it. I know, right? It's, it's, Love you heard it. it here first. My dad doesn't listen to this podcast. But um, I remember <laughs> watching Dirty Harry, the Clint Eastwood movie, oh. uh, very early on, because I love, a, I love a cop movie, and I love a cop that plays by his own rules or her own rules. Mm-hmm. I love Lalo Schifrin, the, um, the, uh, the composer. The soundtrack is amazing. It's so cool. Clint Eastwood, top of his game. Um, great script tight you know every scene is on point it's not too long it's been a while i'm gonna have to watch that again it's fun (laughs) it's just fun it's not very politically correct it doesn't maybe (laughs) i don't think it's problematic but yeah i think a lot of movies you know don't age as well there's some some strange moments in it but the overall the action sequences are great it's got it's got problematic moments in it but it's still my favorite movie so it's uh yeah, great question. Thank you for turning the tables on me there, Michelle. Uh, I should have said that's not allowed on the podcast, but I'll let you, I'll let you off. Uh, so, Daniel, um, we've got a couple more questions before sure. we uh, hand over to Michelle. Over, and it's who would you like to hear on the podcast next and why? Who would you like to hear going through the dailies? Uh, uh, maybe not anyone in particular, but I'd love to hear from, from a producer or from somebody in production because I think Ooh. that's that's where I feel like I know the least, you know, the least, like, you know, we work with, you know, like all the other teams across, you know, across the shows and definitely work with production as producers. But I think I know the least in terms of, you know, background and, and their data. I would love to hear that because I've worked with, you know, incredible producers and, and yeah, and producers here now at Framestore. And I would love to hear from, from one of them. Well, you were in for a treat because episode three, which is already lined up, is with oh, an executive really? no producer yeah, in <laughs> Montreal. I'm oh, not kidding you. Amazing. It's meant to oh, be. Wow. See, we didn't even plan that. that. Yeah, see. No, honestly, yeah, Scout's Honor. This is, uh, <laughs> this is happening here for the first time. But yeah, episode three, I'm not going to reveal the person, but it's coming okay. uh, on our next week's episode. Excellent. So Excellent. Watch this space. Right. So we're into our fun pairing question. Mm. We like to ask the mm. fun questions, and then we're going to wrap up episode one. And um mm. This is a great question. It's if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm, this one's easy. Spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, and spaghetti and meatballs. But, but it has to be spaghetti and meatballs from a, a particular restaurant. So there's this, okay. yeah, there's this f- small family-run Italian restaurant. I live in Coquitlam. It's, you know, it's about half an hour outside of Vancouver. It's called the Golden Boot. I'm, I'm not affiliated with them at all, but uh, I, I have to say. And they make their pasta fresh, you know, on site. And yeah, I'm getting hungry just, uh, just thinking <laughs> about it. But yeah, it's a simple dish, but they just, they just, they, they kill it. 
So spaghetti meatballs at the golden boots so if you're over in vancouver i should have gone there on my trip it's in coquitlam the golden boot yeah it's tiny so we usually get takeout there's only like 10 tables in the place and it's usually packed but yeah oh wow do they take reservations or is it one of those places you have to no i think they do i think they do yeah okay well we're not affiliated with any restaurants but we will put the word out go and visit the golden boot for your uh, spaghetti Mm -hmm. meatballs amazing (laughs) And uh, Michelle Ava, I'd be remiss not to ask you what uh, meal you could dine out on for the rest of your life. What would be your meal? I am including that question. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, I think it's like sushi. I really, sushi. I really I like know. sushi. It's uh, something I try sushi. to do myself. I never, uh, and I do it. It's uh, okay. <laughs> it's not uh, like in the restaurant. Really not. I don't know what he do for it to be so great. <laughs> I really try hard, but uh, yes, sushi is the the thing I probably eat all the time. Lovely, love that. And uh, yeah, Vancouver is quite famous for sushi, isn't it? Thanks. It is. It is definitely. It's like uh, yeah, hundred oh, percent. This is going to this is going to become a culinary podcast soon. I could yeah. uh, I could spend a lot of time on these two two dishes. So as I said earlier, the uh, the next question didn't feature on our last episode because when I asked Sergio what question uh, he wished I'd asked him, he said, what music do I listen to while I'm working? Mm-hmm. So what we've, we've uh, done is we've created a um, a Spotify playlist uh, with all the different recommendations uh, across okay, the pods. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so what, what do you listen to, Daniel? Yeah, exactly. See, uh, that's, that's, see, I unfortunately can't, I can't contribute because I listen to absolutely nothing. <laughs> I can't I can't I actually wow. I can't listen to, I actually can't listen to music while I'm while I'm working. I've I've tried and I think it's too distracting for me especially, you know, lyrics. I've tried, you know, um, you know, you look you know, there's productivity techniques so they say, well, you know, you can try like instrumental, you know, so I've tried electronic dance music classical where there's no lyrics. It it's distracting. I have to have just you and the work me and the work yeah it's boring i'm sorry (laughs) so this is i can't contribute like uh maybe you could have like i don't know add like a playlist to it like a white noise or something but you see i can't i've tried that too and it it doesn't help (laughs) yeah well uh michelle ava no pressure then you're gonna have to bring it yeah episode two have to help out (laughs) what do you listen to while you're working michelle ava hit me with a a, a good artist It's weird because I don't listen music. I listen to something else, but I, I don't listen to music because I study and dance. And when I listen to music, I just need, I just want to move. So uh, I don't really uh, listen to music when I work. Uh, what I listen is more like it's it's an old podcast. It's like I listen podcast or video, and when I work, I just put that in the back just for a listen of a voice. But I know what's happening in the podcast because I listen like four times or six times. But I just want something like in my background. But I, mm. it's, it's that uh, what I listen. I don't really listen the music. It's just too distraction for me. I want to yeah, move. See, oh, is this, a, is this it's an un, unsaid animator thing? Maybe it is an animator. No, that's not <laughs> true. I, I know the, a lot of animators. Behind the curtain. That, no, I know a lot of animators that definitely listen to things. But uh, yeah. Well, thank you for being so honest, both of you. <laughs> Yeah, like the two other, just yeah. alone person who don't uh, <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully your next guest will have better recommendations for your playlist. Don't worry, I'll be hounding you after this episode to get at least one song, okay. one song yeah. that you love. 
Brilliant. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's stop there, and uh, we'll we'll see you again, Daniel, on uh, on episode two, where I'm going to hand over seamlessly to Michelle Ava. Well, there you have it. That was part one. Join us for part two of the Framestore podcast this Thursday, where Michelle Ava takes over proceedings as co-host and interviews Daniel. We'll see you then.